0: his self-interest, not, not national interest. I also think, I thought the most useful thing last night, Joe, was his distinction between the legal grounds for challenging the president and the fitness grounds. I think that's yeah. a useful distinction. Right. I thought his weakest thing last night was... We learned nothing about, or he did nothing to persuade us that his various interventions in the run-up to the election were justified. Right. This seemed to me a guy who was just talking to himself, was, was intellectually unmoored, almost without a, without a compass. And here he is trying to
1: justify what he did, when he did it, what he didn't do. And it was, who was he,
2: who was he acting for? It just seemed to me he took on a disproportionate role in American politics without, without the mandate to do it.
0: That's uh, one man's opinion, Richard Haas on MSNBC this morning. I took in a lot of the coverage over the weekend of Comey's book and I just I was I was pretty surprised. The the, the Fox crowd and the non Fox crowd have a lot of questions about Comey's decisions, his approach in the book. Everybody criticizes the 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 personal shots at the president, the long tie, the orange skin. Mm-hmm. I was just surprised. I think Comey has has uh, managed to do in his book what he
3: what he did as an FBI director. Piss off everyone. And make a hell of a lot of money. Matt Zapatosky is the Department of Justice reporter for the Washington Post and joins us now. Matt, hey, thanks a million. It's good to talk to you. How are you?
4: Yeah, good, good. Thanks for having me on. So,
3: listen, as long as you cover the, uh, the Justice Department, and I think all Americans are in favor of justice, uh, what do you think this book and the surrounding personalities interviews etc have done for our view of the Justice Department and the FBI or done to it
4: well that's a really tough question I think the main thing that this book drives at is is what this has done for James Comey's reputation and I think in in the lead-in you had a commenter on there saying well you know I I was kind of disappointed and then there were some questions you know to that i have and i think comey's book is re-raising those you know i don't i don't think everyone has uniformly found his defenses of what he did convincing and it really comes after the president in no uncertain terms but he has a lot of tough questions to answer himself and I, you know i don't think the public is convinced that he he answered those in a satisfactory way
0: right and the, the, the fact that and this has been pointed out by a lot lot of people that in the same he talked to Stephanopoulos for five hours but in the same one hour uh, uh portion that we all saw he talked about how the FBI does not get into politics at all I've never seen it come up I've never heard anybody mention it then a little bit later says because Hillary is so far ahead in the polls I did x well what the hell is that
4: I've always been struck by that And if you remember some months ago the New York Times and ProPublica did sort of big takes on the Clinton email investigation. And there was a lower level FBI official who said the same thing. Well, we assumed Clinton was going to win, so that informed our decision making. And that's just not how it's supposed to work. I mean you can't with one on one hand say we were above politics, we're not trying to favor any one person or the other, but oh by the way, we assumed Clinton was going to win and that was our decision-making. That's the definition of politics. Well,
0: right, and the only way you would assume Hillary was going to win is because you're looking at the polls on a daily basis. I mean, what is that? Hmm. Uh, it, it's, uh, it,
4: it's, just, it's just not the way it's supposed to work.
3: Right, right indeed. So, uh, Matt, to your mind, are there any... Well, how do I ask this? Are there any uh, revelations in the book that are of great significance legally that will necessarily be historical?
4: Legally, in terms of the president, I don't think so. I mean, look, to me, the book and this interview gives us a lot of that maybe we didn't have before, like a lot more detail about Jim Comey's interactions with the president and his personal impressions of the president. But I don't think it really gets to any explosive newsy revelations that are going to affect the course of the Russia investigation. I mean, he pretty assiduously steers clear of that. You can understand why a lot of this stuff is probably still classified. He offers his impression, but I don't think Bob Mueller or anyone is going to watch Comey's interview and say, aha, that's sort of the smoking gun that is going to propel the case forward. He just adds new detail, I think, to the public's understanding.
3: Well, and even you know the question of obstruction of justice, I haven't seen or heard anything of any great significance there.
4: Yeah, he offers his assessment, which is that it's possible the president obstructed justice, and there's some evidence of that. But again, now this is just the assessment of one one man who's outside of government and who clearly, you know, from day one seemed to have a, a distrust of President Trump. So I don't think that's going to move the case any one way or the other. Though it will be interesting for some people to hear Jim Comey, you know, a respected law enforcement guy, say that there's evidence the president obstructed justice.
0: Um, the, the headline, if there is one is, um, well, it's the headline in your piece today. Comey says Trump morally unfit to be president, a former FBI director saying that about the current president is, you know, newsworthy, but Trey Gowdy said on Fox, uh, yesterday on the Fox show, well, it, it, are, would you have continued to work for this guy or are you just telling us since you got fired, were you going to go ahead and work for the morally unfit president? If you were, uh, if you'd have kept your job.
4: Well, yeah, and it's interesting. He says, I've looked at the whole sort of five-hour transcript of this interview, and he says he would. He, I mean, he says he would have continued on. You know, his, his being fired, he was, he was removed involuntarily. It wasn't like he was eyeing the door. President Trump fired him in a very unexpected way. But, you know, I do think that is the headline. This assessment, it's just stunning for the former FBI director to say that President Trump was morally unfit to be president. Now, he sort of quickly follows it up with saying he would not favor impeaching the president. He feels like, that would kind of let American voters off the hook and that American voters are kind of responsible for living with, I guess what he sees as the consequences of their decision and doing something about it in, in uh, in a couple of years here, so uh, but but that assessment I, I really think is important and interesting for for people to hear.
3: Matt Zapatosky is the Department of Justice reporter for the Washington Post. You know, Matt, it strikes me because we we don't come at this from, from a you know a radical pro Trump or anti Trump position. We're just kind of curious guys, and we like to watch what's going on and, and get to the truth. I thought Donald Trump revealed himself pretty thoroughly during the campaign. In terms of morals, ethics, personal manner, uh, the, the <laughs> tweeting thing, his, his willingness to punch below the belt. I felt like I had a pretty good picture of the guy, you know, before Election Day. And I'll, I'll bet a lot, a lot of Americans have the same opinion.
4: Well, maybe that's what Comey is driving at, right? When he says he wouldn't favor impeaching him, you know, this is something the American people have to consider. Now, he didn't, he wasn't asked, that I recall, to address that question. Well, don't you think they have considered this? Don't you think they have considered the president's morals? I mean, it's only, what, a month before the election that um, the Access Hollywood tape came out. That gave you a kind of clear sense of uh, the type of things that President Trump would say, Um, you know, uh, He doesn't address that, but I wonder if that's what he is driving at with his statement about, look, I don't in favor impeaching him over my perception that he's an immoral guy. This is a question for voters, but that he hopes voters will sort of agree with him.
0: Maybe I took in too much coverage of this over the weekend, but I have this feeling that this thing, uh, this this, this book came out really hot and everybody is really excited, but it's going to dissipate really quickly. I have a feeling by the time Comey does his third interview later today, the, the amount of attention paid to it is really going to wane.
4: I think the one thing he maybe risks, too, is people just growing a little sort of weary of his media tour. I mean, this right. is just the beginning. He's got an interview schedule all this week, and into May. He's doing one May 8th. Right? I think we've got
3: him oh. June 4th.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, You know, I would say this is just the beginning, and we'll have to see. I mean, He talked to George Stephanopoulos for five hours. You know, there are still some questions I have for him, but there's going to come a point where it's like every question has probably been asked. So where do you
3: buy your shoes? I mean, you're running out of questions. (laughs) How long should a tie be, Mr. (laughs) Director? (laughs) So so, listen, Matt, just an opinion question. Uh, I want to read this book just because I like hearing how things work and how those meetings go and where they meet in the process, the, the part of it we uh, commoners don't see. But uh, how do you think the book will be seen eventually? Uh, is it going to be one of your great uh, histories of a White House or just kind of a or less?
4: Yeah, I think that's the big question, right? So Comey clearly wrote it, I think, thinking that this would be a book that would have significance. Beyond just the next month, you know, of course, he's trying to sell books, but I think he wants this to have some import going forward and be sort of a tool book for somebody who's entering leadership in Washington, maybe 40 years from now. But I think because of sort of the salacious details he reveals and the way he comes after President Trump, it is going to be hard for it to be viewed just as a kind of deep think piece people are going to think of it as just sort of another washington book of the moment you know the what's hot right now and and I think the question is will it can it Grow beyond that, or will it have its moment in the next couple of months and, then, Boy, and then just fade away? That's the way
0: it feels to me, the Washington book of the moment, and a lot of it is because of the personal shots and stuff. It just sounds like he's, I don't know, part of that whole game. I, I think that, that Trump, as usual, would have served himself better if he had just shut up over the weekend. If he hadn't called Comey, call a Lion Slimeball, or whatever he called him, a couple of times, <laughs> I think there would have been about uh, two-thirds the coverage that happened. So... Uh, if he did just shut up about it, the, the thing would be gone by tomorrow.
3: If I yeah, it if, is sort of shut ironic. Up, if cows don't move, if birds don't fly, please. <laughs> it's in the man's nature. Matt Zapatosky, Department of Justice supporter for the Washington Post. Hey, Matt, we really appreciate the time. Well done. Thanks. Yeah, anytime. Thanks. All right, thanks. Yeah, I, it doesn't. It doesn't have the legs I thought it was going to have. I could be yeah, wrong. but I'd like to read it. I think it's uh, going to be a fun read. If you hate Trump, it's going to justify what you think or, or reinforce what you think. Um, and, and, you know, there's so much eye of the beholder in all of this. Not just, you know, is the guy morally unfit I, from a certain point of view? Yeah, I could see where you would think that, but. It's in the eye of the beholder. There may be a quote unquote. I think he says there is some evidence of obstruction of justice, but not enough evidence. And again, it depends the eye of the beholder. And the Russia thing's going nowhere. There was no collusion. The 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 peepee thing that, that Comey seems so enamored with talking about. That's that's nowhere. It's just I don't know. It could be an interesting book. I haven't read it, but I like this. We got this note from J T. in Livermore. Um. Guys, I don't think there's a wife in the country who wouldn't have at least 1% doubt about their husband when the director of the FBI says there is intelligence materials alleging a husband interacted with hookers on a business trip. Call me with a ha I'm a flawed man, but I know my wife wouldn't even have 1% suspicion. Well, what if the director of the FBI told her, yeah, we have a dossier saying he was getting with hookers in Moscow? Well then maybe your wife would have one percent you sanctimonious bastard. I still don't get that whole thing. I still don't get that whole
0: thing. So all the, none of the intelligence agencies have verified it. No news agency will print it because they they think it would ruin their reputation. Yet, Not
3: websites. <laughs> yet
0: you hold it to the level of telling the president about it. I don't get it. So is there well, anything it to the FISA court. is there anything you wouldn't tell the president? I mean just some guy in this some guy in the street said he thinks you're an alien.
3: So I thought I'd let you know. <laughs> I mean, Mr. President, we thought it was important <laughs> you hear that there are rumors of you being a space alien.
0: Uh, of course, it's not getting much of attention. Um, uh, much attention the Loretta Lynch comments <laughs> that Comey made in the book. We'll get to that at some point. Don't want to wear you out on this because I'm kind of worn out on
3: Listen, it. Listen, but... if it if it's a chance to kick Loretta Lynch, I'd sure like to take advantage. <laughs> we got we got other stuff we got to get into. I found that woman insufferable, unctuous, incapable of truth, twisted, morally unfit to be the director of the Department of Justice.
0: Comey more or less says some of what you just said in his book. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience Of 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 the nation.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
4: Show. I'm getting grumpy, which I don't like. Like, I don't like any new songs. I don't like any new songs. Because every new song is about how tonight is the night and how we only have tonight. That's the message in 90% of songs. That's such 19-year-old garbage. I want to write songs for people in their 30s called Tonight's No Good. How about Wednesday? <laughs> oh, you're in Houston on Wednesday? Oh, okay. Well, then let's just not see each other for six months, and it doesn't matter at all.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> that guy was freaking hilarious. I'll bet I watched. What's his name? John Mullaney. He did the uh, opening. He was the host of Saturday Night Live and did the opening monologue. I'll bet I watched the whole thing five times. God, he was funny. Really? Wow. Um, <laughs> that was amusing. Well, we got
1: more of it later. Yeah, you used to be a writer on the show. Now he's about it. He's one of the biggest touring stand-ups uh, yeah, in the business I've right now. I've never heard yeah. of
0: him. I'll have to catch his act. I thought he was freaking fantastic. I loved his delivery. How about in six months? And if not, it doesn't matter <laughs> at all.
3: Which is true um do we have that uh oh that's right we we're gonna listen to that dershowitz clip and then edit it up a little bit um i got one thing i came
0: across before we get into heavy depressing angry whatever it is we do i got none of that
1: mm, well i got
0: some a lot of the news yeah we're at war for crying out loud no we're not uh so my uh son my second grader brought a book home from the library about monsters and it's mostly well it's not mostly it's entirely about uh like monsters you've heard of and they don't exist Ah. And then explains what they are—werewolves, where the, uh, the 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 whole thing came from, the way they're portrayed in movies, etc. So it
1: explains like the where the legend of these things came from. Or yeah, like, more or less, and
0: okay. you know the way it is in popular culture. Although because it's appealing to second graders, it kind of it, it doesn't say they don't exist. It kind of leaves it open that they could. But wow, um, yeah, that's interesting. It's got El Cabra, It's got uh, <laughs> right. Frankenstein. It's got zombies. It's Frankenstein. Got all, it's got all these different things. Frankenstein
3: exists because Mary Shelley wrote a novel. But anyway, it's got uh, Bigfoot, of course, the Sasquatch, the Stink Ape,
0: exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so I came across this one. He had beautiful hair. About how the and then we watched some videos on my phone, including the most famous Bigfoot oh, yes. video of all time from 1967. The I think, old in, lope and look in Oregon or Washington Lopes or wherever, it was. away
3: and looks over his shoulder. Hey. hey, how you doing? It's clearly a guy in an ape suit. Hey, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't authorize you to take
1: this video. <laughs> uh, what the hell? You're far away. Let me skip her off. And he goes into the woods. To quote the great. Late, hey, beautiful hair, Mitch Hedberg. I think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> but we came across this. Uh, one large white Sasquatch has been seen a few times over the years. It's a little over six feet tall with a big stomach, blue eyes, a pink nose, and crooked teeth. And I said to my son, wait a second, that's me. <laughs> little over six feet tall, big stomach, blue eyes, pink nose, and crooked teeth. Oh, my God. That's clearly me.
3: I've been working with the Sasquatch for all these years. It sounds like everybody's Uncle Bill. Are you kidding? Wow. Kind of description is that? Every guy I know sounds like that. Yeah, no kidding. That's all of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I I just gobbled those books up as a kid. Oh yeah. Oh, I just couldn't stop reading that sort of thing and your various uh, you know histories and that you know pitched for youngsters. But that and strange but true hockey stories. <laughs> Reread that one probably fifty times. Barbara Bush is on the way out. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad. A, a nice old gal, no doubt. Yeah. universally loved
0: and respected, huh? There'll be a lot of talk about her when she does pass, but she's gone on to the uh,
3: I-don't-want-any-more-medical-treatment stage of the end. Good for her. Good more, for her more, is right. God, more people need to do that and have the right to do that and be able to do that. the The poll numbers are overwhelming. They're vast. The majority of people who say, no, I want to... Uh, go at home, surrounded by my family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep. Not in a noisy hospital with a bunch of tubes jammed into me. I know I'm dying. Here's the interesting part of it,
0: though. Practically everybody says they don't want to die in a hospital. Practically everybody does die in a hospital. You know what group of people doesn't die and don't die in a hospital? Doctors. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so the, the, those stats are amazing to me.
3: Almost so nobody
0: wants to. Almost everybody does. Right. Right. So how
3: do you stop it? I mean, do you, do you, I mean, if, if, uh, you know, I hate to even uh, imagine this for obvious reasons, but I mean, if my beloved wife had made it clear, we'll say this is 50 years in the future, or both, you know, 100 and whatever years old.
0: have to throw in this one thing before you okay. go on. Yes. Like 90% of the medical expenses you have in your life happen in that last
3: couple of weeks. Right. But so, you know, she makes it clear to me, no, no, no. You know, I've had a great run. I'm, I'm going. Let, let's, let's do it the traditional way. And I say, great, honey. And then I don't know, an ambulance shows up or what? What, what do I do to prevent that, like kidnapping? I don't know. I that think forces you into a hospital.
0: I think once you're at the hospital, it's really hard to get out of there. Wow. What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
2: We've got another Trump Twitter attack on former FBI Director Comey after Comey called him unfit for office. We're going to get that and more coming up.
0: Good idea, President Trump.
2: Don't just let this
0: lie and go away. Keep fighting back and add to the news cycle. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show. To the Laura de Lynch stuff from the Comey book that the media, of course, is ignoring. I, I guess because it hits on Obama's people. I guess I don't know.
3: Yeah, one of the most prominent lawyers in the gay rights movement setting himself on fire to protest fossil fuels. Did he die? Yeah. So is he a crazy person? That's pretty crazy. I'd say he's crazy. Crazy dedicated to that cause, apparently. Wow. His story, and now oh, we have so much more. Tom? So, you know what? One of the real answers to what happened in Broward County at that high school, that kid who killed everybody, it's known now. It's out. If you want to know what happened, that is now known. How it got led up to, how could they not uh, stop him, blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard this. Well, no, you're not going to hear it anywhere. Did you make it up? No, of course not. It doesn't have to do with banning guns. And if you want to ban guns, go ahead, have the argument, repeal the Second Amendment. I don't care. But, I do care, but this is independent of that, so it gets no media coverage. Okay, I want to hear that. Now, that's a tease.
0: Stay tuned. Right now, news with Marshall Phillips.
2: Well, President Trump accusing former FBI Director James Comey of being
0: a criminal this morning. Does Trump get part of the proceeds of the book? I mean,
3: God, if he doesn't, he's a fool because he's publicizing it like crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, seriously, I think, and Trump understands the media better than practically anybody. Donald,
3: this thing is going to fast, hot flame, burn out quickly unless you keep tweeting about it. I think he's enjoying it. I think his base enjoys it too. They like the, the battle and the idea that you could he's, be right.
1: he's beset by the establishment. Yeah, you could be right. I, I swear I don't mean this as an insult, but it's so does Trump understand the media the same way that like Rain Man understood counting cards, or is he just kind of a savant at it? Does <laughs> he know. just kind of do know. it instinctually?
0: Well, I think he does it, in, I think it's just instincts, yeah. yeah. But Joe could be right. He doesn't care about how much money Comey ends up with. It's ultimately does he win. And maybe he does ultimately win by battling with the guy. Anyway, here's Marshall.
2: His Twitter attacks on Comey come after the former FBI director said Trump may be guilty of obstructing justice during an interview on ABC's 2020 last night. At one point, George Stephanopoulos asked Comey. Do you think the Russians have something on Donald Trump? I think it's possible. I don't know. These are more words I never thought I'd utter about a president of the United States, but it's possible that's stunning you can't say for certain that the president of the united states is not compromised by the russians yeah it is stunning and i wish i wasn't saying it but it's just it's the truth look it you strongly struck me and still strikes me as unlikely and i would have been able to say with high confidence about any other president i dealt with but i can't it's possible
3: There you go. All right, stretch you and the little Greek dwarf. I got news for both of you. It's not shocking. It's not amazing. Here's why. Number one, you're being asked to prove a negative. But the Russians have nothing on him. Please. Secondly, and most of us with a couple of brain cells to rub together figured this out a long time ago. Here is a guy with complex international business holdings and aspirations. And you got mobbed up Russia. Is it possible he you know, greased a palm or had some sort of deal with one of the oligarchs to develop a hotel in Moscow that would look a little funky if uh, the light of day were shown on it, well, you know, from way before he conceived of running for president, that wouldn't shock me in the least. I don't get that
0: conversation. So if, if Comey had answered the other way, if he just said, no, the Russians have nothing on President Trump or and Stephanopoulos had said, how do you know that? What would he have said? I have thoroughly gone over every file in Russia and around the world. Right? <laughs> <I> mean,
3: what, <laughs> held by Russians, Ukrainians, and Romanians. Just because it rhymes. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And the idea that... Well, he said... What did he say? That there's... Uh, he has some evidence of this, and he can't say for sure not that, and all. Okay,
2: great. That's fine. That's not shocking. The U.S. intends to impose new economic sanctions against Russia for enabling the government of Syrian leader Assad and its use of chemical weapons. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley had this warning for the Syrian president. I spoke to the president this morning, and he said if the Syrian regime uses this poisonous gas again, the United States is locked and loaded.
0: Did Mattis pull off the Goldilocks strike of we're going to make Assad think twice before using chemical weapons, but we didn't bring in Russia and Iran, and we're not involved. Is that, is that Was that the whole, all we wanted to do? Well, so far, the second part is, is holding. There's a little more information coming out over the weekend, a little more um, questioning of were those buildings still being used? Because it doesn't seem like anybody died, and nobody can come yeah. up. There's no, no, no indication that anybody was hurt. Is the regime even claiming a uh, death toll? No. I haven't heard no. 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 So we may have struck buildings where they used to make chemical weapons.
3: Well, or, blown or them well, up. I know we struck at uh, you know, in the middle of the night, wee hours of the morning. Right. You'd think at least there'd be a couple of security guards kicking around. You know, a janitor or something.
0: They are, yeah, that's that's what's making that's what's making a number of analysts wonder if if these buildings were no longer being used. And as one Pentagon spokesman said yesterday they they probably still have the capability of doing this and we're not certain we got all their plants because it's really easy to reconstitute them in other places so sure. all you need is a
3: chemistry set and a guy who knows how to use
0: it how about that video that assad put out the next day what a oh. great pr move did you see that He's in his suit, got his briefcase, walking across the hall in his big building, waving to people just to put it out there like, not bothered, didn't have any effect on me, here I am going to work like a regular day. Mm. That's a good one, as a dictator. And
2: actor Arlie Ermey, better known as Gunny, is dead. The 74-year-old actor's manager announced that Ermey died uh, from uh, complications of pneumonia, was at a hospital in Santa Monica, California. He's best known for his portrayal of Guttery Sergeant Hartman in the 1987 movie Full Metal Jacket.
3: Private Pile, why is your footlocker unlocked? Sir, I don't know, sir. Private Pile, if there is one thing in this world that I hate, it is an unlocked footlocker. You know that, don't you? Sir, yes, sir. Get out!
0: So which one was he? <laughs> he was the, the
3: sergeant.
1: Yeah. Yes. He was the uh, barbie drill instructor. Beam. He was the drill instructor. Yeah, the yeah. guy yeah. yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. He's they the one yell yelling here as well. Oh, no, he's the one yelling here as well.
4: I am Gunnery
2: Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do
4: you maggots understand that? Sir,
1: yes, sir! Now he was not actually an actor. He had yeah. some real military experience. He was brought on as a consultant to coach up the drill instructor on how to yell at recruits. And during one of the scenes where he was coaching them up, the director just came over and said, "Okay, actor, you're fired. Arlie Ermy, you have the part. Now you're an actor."
3: Wow, oh, that's a
1: good story. I if yeah.
3: I'm brought on to consult. Uh, you know, some actor who has a role as a lazy idiot someday. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a similar uh, trajectory Uh, to success. And also most commonly known to a younger generation, he's uh, the voice of the the Green Army Men from Toy Story.
3: Oh, Oh, right. Right, right, right. Do you think the military is better when they talk to people like that? Yes. I think it had some serious downside, too. I think there's probably a sweet spot between that and the current, from what I've told, uh, kindergarten class uh, type atmosphere.
0: Now, my, my dad and my brother were talking about this because they were both in the military, different generations, obviously, by definition. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but uh, my bro- they can't hit you anymore. They can't just out and out punch you. Well, that's, I'm and, okay with that. And my dad said when he was in, they could punch you, but they had to ask first. But before that, they could just punch you whenever. Did wow. You say end? no. What <laughs> happens if you said no? You didn't. You didn't. weren't You didn't want to say no because <laughs> well, I would your life run you until you're dead. <laughs> yes. which
3: Strikes me as plenty punishment.
0: <laughs> so ask, then you'd say yes, and they'd punch you. But now they don't punch you anymore. So there you go.
3: Well, I understand now they don't even, like, break you down before they build you up again. Oh, really? Now it's more up with people, and you got to have a positive self-image. I don't have any idea. You know, of course, well, ah, we could get into this, but it's complicated and long and dry and full of nuance. Which is not exactly what talk radio is for. Which is why Obama was a communist!
2: (laughs) That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Michael, get the mallet.
3: Sweet Nell of the Liberty Bell.
0: Always remember, I'm the talk show host that brought you that my dad and my brother are from different
3: generations. It's that sort of insight that's (laughs) vaulted us to fame. So James Comey. (laughs) Takes a couple of nice swipes at Loretta Lynch. That part of the book I like. And uh, should be taken perfectly seriously.
0: You got to tell us the Florida thing.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. What, we what are hear. we doing at 8 o'clock?
0: Anything in particular? I might go home. I don't know. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I think I'll do the uh, Florida thing. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show.
4: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
2: show a new yoga class is being offered in new york in which
1: people exercise with goats the way it works is it doesn't
0: <laughs> there you go that's uh, kind of the way my wife's view as a, as a woman with many goats that's what been Her view of it. I I don't think anything is actually happening there. Um, we got a couple of texts you should hear because I found them funny.
3: Excellent. Oh, those are too serious. Hey, we got an email saying you guys should do a real time chat room like Leo Laporte does for real time comments from the folks while we're on the air. We, well, we don't have to participate. We could just get oh. the comments like we do with with text but then we hire somebody to do that or what well, no, everybody else is green
0: oh well i don't know people I... are in theory doing something well and texting seems to work fine i just thought i'd throw that out for the tech ads why were you guys playing clips of joe yelling at the staff pre-show no that was from full metal jacket oh that was not actual yeah i know it yeah
1: show me your war face
0: <laughs> john mulaney is amazing he sean
3: en- <laughs> what is your major malfunction <laughs>
0: We played a clip from John Mulaney uh, from Saturday Night Live. i got another one later that's funny. But he had a couple of specials on Netflix, if that's your first introduction to him like it was me. So I'm going to check those out. And we got this text, had a buddy in the Marines, he said the drill, back in the day, he said the drill instructor did the Three Stooges double eye poke to him. Oh,
1: oh my God. Brought him to his knees. Oh, my God. Well, the defense for that is you just got to put your yes. hand directly on the yes. bridge of your nose. Everyone, well, that's, that's
3: what they were trying to teach, self-defense tactics.
1: That's the only judo move I know, to
3: block the double eye poke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. Now, on a serious note, is it all right if we're serious for a second? Or is this a locker room of some sort? <laughs> I don't know. So we, uh, we attacked a country over the weekend, which most of the world is okay with. Some of the world tried to go to the UN, but it got blocked and complained
3: uh China, we, Russia, and inexplicably Romania. I think.
0: Some of your politicians uh who was Hillary Clinton's vice presidential running mate? He was going to be Vice pre- Tank, yeah.
3: He was on TV oh, yesterday. Limp noodle he is. He,
0: he was given the assignment of making the round saying it was an illegal act. Um which I'm I'm actually in, on that side. He's not doing it for the same reasons as me. He's I mean uh, Rand Paul is. Rand Paul's consistent on this. This was just an attempt to attack Trump from Tim Kaine, but Mm -hmm. Rand Paul's consistent on this. You gotta get authorization. We gotta, you can't keep using the same authorization from 9-11 to do anything you want. That's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. And everybody agrees. That the reason they don't put out a new authorization, because these pussies don't want to vote on anything in case anything goes bad. Right. And then they have to explain their vote like
3: Hillary Clinton in Iraq. Yeah. And it's just it's just so disappointing. What a profile in lack of courage that is. Clearly. You know, the other justification is that there's an imminent threat to the American people. And you don't have to wait for Congress. But uh-huh. there's no way that's the case. Not a chance. Hitting uh, the suburbs of Damascus with chlorine is not a threat to us. So, yeah, it's just cowardice. Yeah. And hey, he's ignoring the Constitution, which is troubling.
2: Who is uh,
3: the you know the Congress has the right to declare oh, oh, war? Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because they're cowards. But um, so I was watching.
3: Uh, no, don't sell them short; they're cowards and liars.
0: I was watching Howard Kurtz's show on Fox yesterday, which I really like. He's got he's been writing about media bias and that sort of thing for his whole life. First with the Washington Post, now with Fox. I always throw that in, so you don't just think he's some sort of. You know, uh, a Sean Hannity Fox type, if you're a Fox hater. He's he's been doing this for a variety of outlets for a long time. And they got into the coverage of the strikes in Syria, and I thought this was pretty interesting.
2: Let me get to uh, MSNBC's coverage, because moments after the president addressed the nation and explained that this attack was underway, here's what Rachel Maddow had to say. There are national security consequences to having a presidency that
1: is as chaotic as... Mr Trump's presidency a presidency that is as consumed by scandal and criminal intrigue as his presidency is the perception that the president may have ordered these strikes in part because of scandal will affect the impact and the effectiveness of these military strikes
2: Now I respect Rachel Maddow as a commentator she can say whatever she wants but to say that on the air while uh US Service people were still at risk while Syrian anti-aircraft missiles were being fired. Just struck me as wildly inappropriate. That's pretty far out there.
3: It, 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 that's well, pretty that far hilarious. out there. Stand-up comedian Rachel Maddow. That's that's pretty far out there
0: for yeah. your your. I mean, that's your coverage as news is breaking of an attack. This is the president trying to cover up the Stormy Daniels stuff.
3: Except that's not what she said. This is how weak it is. Because I've heard various lefties try to cook up that narrative. You know, maybe this is a... But nobody will buy it. Nobody even on the left will buy it. So Rachel goes with the double cowardly. The problem with all these scandals is it gives the perception that it might be. Uh, you know, a distraction. She doesn't even have the balls to claim that that's what it is. She's just kind of floating it out there that it could give the perception because of all the... Oh, please, please.
0: Nice try, Rachel. Howard Kurtz called her out, though. Thought that was interesting. Yeah. The panel of uh, left and right, including a uh, former Hillary Clinton campaign head, thought it was
3: out of line. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. What else did I hear? It was just wildly insane. That's the it?
0: only place I heard that over the weekend. I didn't hear any of the, and, you know, and most of your TV shows have left-leaning panels. I didn't hear anybody else bring that up at all. So she's out on a ledge on that. That's, yeah. that's a 1% fringe view, at least as of now. Um, I thought this was interesting, and is in the New York Times, I think it's today, Tom Friedman, who's an expert on the Middle East, and he was in Syria last week. The real next war in Syria, Iran versus Israel which uh, I thought was pretty interesting. He said, even more dangerous than, than what we're involved in, is that Israel and Iran at the exact same time seem to be heading for a high noon shootout in Syria over Iran's attempts to turn Syria into a forward air base against Israel, something Israel is vowing to never let happen. This is not mere speculation. In the past few weeks, for the first time ever, Israel and Iran have begun quietly trading blows directly, not through proxies in Syria. It's the first time they've ever done that. As much as they've hated each other other forever, this is the first time they've actually been attacking each other's stuff. Mm -hmm. And Friedman says this could blow up at any moment into the war that everybody's
3: paying attention to. Well, if I recall correctly, as I said last week, if Israel didn't live next door to Syria, we'd probably leave. But we can't because they're our ally and Iran is trying to colonize Syria to attack Israel. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, God, I'd say. Joe's got the
0: real story on Florida, among other things, coming up on Armstrong and
3: Getty.